0: I'm going to say I'm going to use a play on words here, so you be careful how you receive it. It's a play on words. So, if you don't think Christianity is work, and you just think it's just a laissez-faire thing, then guess what? You, uh, you haven't experienced complete Christianity yet, because Christianity is work. And uh, that doesn't mean you're not Christian. But it is work. It is work. Uh, we've already read some of this today, but I want us to go to Romans uh, chapter 6, and you have your outline today. If you haven't been here, we have other uh, charts to hand out. So you may not, some of you, well, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, you may not have some of the charts that we're going to talk from today. So uh, either share with somebody near you or raise your hand. If I mention one and you don't have it, uh, brother can get those to you. I think they're back there on the table, the extra ones. But, and so in Romans chapter 6, we're going to start with verse uh, 5, all right? It, this is just continuing on. And by the way, our theme that we're doing, if you weren't here a few weeks ago, we want to go beyond just going along with Christianity versus answering the questions. But while I'm just going on with my Christianity, am I growing in my Christianity? Uh, what, what evidence do I have? What does the growth look like? What evidence do I have? What should I be doing to grow in the Lord? And then uh, why? Two, and we'll give you two reasons why we should grow. Two reasons why we should grow. All right, so here in Romans chapter 6, we start with, again, I say with verse 5. If we have been united with him in, in a death like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection life like his. So we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, verse 11. In the same way, count. One is reckoned. Uh, is another translation, count yourselves, reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Now, you have to understand something about that phrase. We reckon ourselves dead to sin, and as our sisters so aptly put today, that we have to remember that we're alive under Christ, so we we don't have to answer to sin. But notice what it said here, who doesn't let sin reign in our bodies? We. That's right, Chris. That's right. We. We. We have to not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. That means we've got to shut the door to it. So there's a role we have to play here. It doesn't automatically happen because I'm a Christian. It happens as I let it happen. All right. So do not offer your, any parts of your body to sin. There you go again. Do not offer your part, So any part of ourselves. We control that. All right. So we don't obey its evil desires. All right. So do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer, say offer, offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So so now we've gone from, we've gone from don't let that sin have its way with us so that we uh, fulfill evil desires. We can't just stop there. It's not good enough just to stop there and not let sin, wreck myself dead to sin. But it says here, but offer, that means i got to do something on the other spectrum, the other side of the story, the other side of the issue, is that I offer every part of myself to him as an instrument of righteousness. What is an instrument? If I'm holding up a trumpet today, what is that called? An instrument. What do you do with that instrument? Do I just hold it or do I play it? You don't get a sound till you play it. Folks, we don't get results unless we live it. We don't get results unless we we blow the trumpet. We don't get results unless we offer ourselves as an instrument of doing something, of righteousness, of righteous living. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. All right? Now, so there's some very active things that we need to see here in our growth. And the bottom line is, we are to continuously offer ourselves as an instrument of righteousness. Again, verse 13, when you compare it to 12 and 13, uh, I just want to read that again. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Does that sound familiar to what we said last time about Galatians 5, 16 and 17? That the spirit wars against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit? They, 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 they war against each other. That's the same principle here. So, Paul's teaching the exact same thing in both places in Scripture. So, how do we do Romans 6? How do we do that? How do we reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive unto Christ? How do we go from offering ourselves to sin to offering ourselves to righteousness, to a righteous way of living and lifestyle? So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to read from Second Peter, chapter one. 2 Peter chapter one, verses three through eleven. And uh, with your blessing, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Okay, and I'll tell you why. The Amplified version of the Bible is is in my opinion it's just it's one of the best because they go on to define the meaning of the words that you read in in the other Bibles. King James, NIV, New Living Translation, et etc. et cetera. The, it just, it, it, it gives more. You know, like, look at me. Here's your Bible, regular Bible, when you read the Empire Bible, it might be that thick, because they add so much meaning to the word, so that you understand what it's actually saying. What I'm going to read to you has two key things in it that stand out as to why we must grow, okay? And it when we're done reading this today i think it's going to help us to see whether or not we are actually growing uh and let that be a good thing that you think about don't let that be an offensive statement don't let that be who do you think you are you don't know me you're just some some dude from north you know we, down here in the south we got it all together you may you may you may have this done better than i do i don't know that do i we don't know each other's lives outside of this church. We just, little well, we know, we know, but we, we see each other here. But what am I doing during the week? What am I doing all the other hours during the week? So this here is going to expose some things in us to let us know if we're actually growing. And then we're going to take a look at the two dangers that can be turned on to two positives, from this, that's going to help us to see exactly why this passage of scripture is extremely, extremely important for our lives. Are ready? So, Second Peter chapter one verses three through eleven, and it will be from the Amplified Scriptures. So here we go, and you're going to help me. You know how I like you to say certain words, get them etched in the brain. Here we go. For His divine power has bestowed on us absolutely. Say absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. All right? I'm going to read that phrase again because it it really is a key verse. Verse 3, For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for dynamic spiritual life and godliness. In other words, basically there can be no excuse for saying we can't grow. There can be no excuse for saying we cannot be, have a dynamic spiritual life. There is no excuse for saying we can't be godly. None. Don't even argue with yourself. Don't look in the mirror and say, why can't I be more holy, etc.? Cetera, et cetera. Oh, yes, you can. His divine power has given us everything for that. So we have to tap into what? His power. All right, here we go. His, through life and godliness, through true and personal knowledge... Him. Now, that Greek word, knowledge, there is an interesting word in the Greek. The word knowledge there is, is it's, it's Scripture, most of the time it's mentioned in Paul's writings. It was more than what you knew. Because when you study this word in the Greek, you're going to find another word attached to it. It's, it's been known as to be called experiential knowledge. You ever heard the phrase, knowledge is power? All right, you know, I, I, re- I rephrased that years ago because I didn't agree with that. I have never agreed that knowledge is power. The only way I've agreed that knowledge is power is when it is practiced. When you practice knowledge, now it's power. Knowledge with, it, it, it is good. Get all the knowledge you can. That's what Proverbs says get knowledge, get wisdom. In three things, the Proverbs says, get knowledge, get wisdom, get understanding. So we know we're supposed to get it. But here it's experiential knowledge. So knowledge is power that we choose to practice. So I'm gonna do something. You know what that practicing is? It's the offering myself that we just read. Don't offer myself to sin, offer myself to God as an instrument of righteousness. That is what that means here. So, it's a true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these, He has bestowed on us His precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. Now, that, that, once again, goes back to Romans 6, it goes back to Galatians 5, 16, and 17, where it talks about how we can escape immorality, how can we escape the sins, the immorality of this world, and the desires of it in this world. Now, if you're reading from the NIV, what it's going to say is, and it, where it says here, and amplify it, and become sharers of the divine nature, in NIV it says, Participate. the divine nature that word participate this word share is so important in my daily life every day i get up i have to choose to participate in the divine nature of christ if i laid low all week and i didn't spend time praying i didn't spend time in the word i didn't spend time serving god etc 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 the whole picture then I did not participate in the divine nature. I did not participate in the divine nature. Yet that's what keeps us from falling into the ills and the morality and the evils of the world. I've been praying for four revivals for a very long time. Four types of revivals I've been praying for. A revival of morality in our country. Because we have no more morals. For a revival of souls to be saved for a revival of healing. There's so much sickness. You know, now that I've walked this world of dialysis and I had my heart ablation Friday morning at the hospital and uh, they had to put me under for that, and and they gave you see, you're under watch for 24 hours. It's okay. I went home, got up, and got things done. I was just doing fantastic. Thank you for your prayers. It's like I never had a procedure. It was wonderful. And uh, so thank you for your prayers. And, uh, but, So and all I can do is just lay there and pray for the nurses, the doctors, the hospitals, with all the sick people. Lord, send a revival, healing, and the the fourth revival, a spiritual revival to enliven the church. These are the four revivals that I'm praying for on a regular basis so that we learn to participate in the divine nature of Christ. All right, so we're only on verse 5. It's good stuff so far. It's good stuff here, Peter wrote. For this very reason applying your diligence to the divine promises we just read about. Uh, Make every effort, say effort, make every effort in exercising your faith to, all right, develop moral excellence. By the way, if you read it from the NIV, it says add to, add to, add to. So everything I'm going to read to you, we're supposed to add to. In other words, we're supposed to increase in this. So we'll start all over with that. For this very reason, apply your diligence to the divine promises. Make every effort that's adding to and exercising, say exercising, exercising your faith to develop moral excellence and the moral excellence knowledge that's insight and understanding and in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, steadfastness. And in your steadfastness, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly affection. And in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love. That is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. Look at this. To, uh, that is, to, to have, to develop Christian love so that we can, Help others unselfishly seek the best for them, us unselfishly seek the best for others to do the things to help them for their benefit. I tell you what, if you want to win this world over, walk out of this place today loving the world in the respect of their soul for the kingdom. Not love the world in the sinful way, but loving the souls in this world, not just each other in this church but love them out there as well. For as these qualities, say qualities, are yours and are increasing. you got to say increasing with me. Increasing. Notice, they have to be increasing. This, this, who, wrote, who wrote Peter? Who wrote Peter? Okay, we're going to give Peter credit, but who wrote Peter? God wrote it through him. Do you understand what God is saying here? God is saying, through Peter, that these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow toward spiritual maturity. All these things we're supposed to add in our lives on a daily basis, keep doing more and more, all these things are what develop our spiritual maturity. And we're supposed to be increasing in these things so that we grow in our spiritual maturity. They will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Got to read it again. It's just so important. They will keep you from being useless. In other words, just going along, blasé, just rolling along, cruising along. Just existing until I see you next Sunday. You see? No. That would be useless. I've been praying a lot. Lord, I want to be useful. You, you, know, you have no clue how it's been an honor to be here and be blessed by the invitation to come here weekly. Because you're letting me be useful for the kingdom. I don't want to be useless. I have a long talk with God about that. He says, Lord, I don't want to be useless. I don't care if I'm retired. I want to be refired in because I don't want to be useless. I want to be useful. Folks, when you walk out of here today, you want to be useful, not useless, and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will keep you from being useless and unproductive. Lord, we want to be productive. Remember what we said a few weeks ago? that we don't want to be ordinary Christians, but we want to be an extraordinary Christian. We want to be useful, productive in the kingdom. For whoever lacks these qualities, you ain't going to like this statement, but I didn't write it, God did. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind. Now imagine, we call ourselves a Christian today, but we stand the chance If I'm not increasing in these things, if I'm not growing spiritually, if I'm not doing these things, if I'm not escaping the desires of this world by divinely and by participating in the divine nature of Christ, just imagine, if I'm not doing those things, I can sit here today and I can call myself a Christian, but I am blind. I'm a blind Christian. Sorry, but that's what he's saying. He goes on to say this, short-sighted. Closing his spiritual eyes to the truth. Honest to God, this is in the Bible. Listen to this. Short sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth. Listen, it's one thing to need glasses today because we might be half blind. But, honey, it is not a good idea to be blind spiritually. In fact, I told you recently, I'm praying now, Lord, take the blindness off our eyes as Christians, not just off the eyes of the world, but our eyes. So we're seeing this stuff, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed for, from, that he cleansed us from, his, from our old sins, that, that he was cleansed from his own sins, that would be us. So I, I don't want to be oblivious. I don't want to be spiritually blind. I want to be increasing and growing and useful for the kingdom. Therefore, say, therefore, therefore. believers be all the more diligent to make certain that his calling and choosing you, be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. We don't want our relationship to be confirmed with, with the enemy, that we're not living it, but that it's confirmed with our relationship with God. For by doing these things, Actively, saying actively, that's growing, that's adding, that's increasing, etc., toward maturity. Actively developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth. Wow, that's an interesting thing to say. You will never stumble in your spiritual growth, which means we possibly obviously means we can. In fact, one translation says, you won't fall from grace. You won't fall from grace. Wow. So it is possible to fall away. It is possible to walk away from my experience with God. Why else would it be said that way? You will not stumble. You will not fall. And we'll live a life that leads others away from sin. Now let's get to the two things. Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. For by doing these things, actively developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and will live a life that leads others away from sin. Number one, for this is the way entry, for this is way, excuse me. I'm so excited I can't read right. For in this way, in this way, Entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided for you. Now listen to that statement. For in this way, what does this way means? Everything we just read from verse 3 down. Now watch this. For in this way, that all that you just read, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided for you. So if I'm not doing this here, Is my way abundantly clear today? You better stop and think about that. Don't walk out of here today. Do as you please. Watch what you think it's okay to watch. Drink what you may think is okay to drink. Act the way you think maybe already act. Read what you think is okay. Watch what you think is okay. You better be careful because for in this way, the above stuff here, entry into the eternal kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided for you. That means if I'm not doing what we just read, is it abundantly clear to me that I'm ready to die today? Am I ready to face Jesus today? We've got to be careful how we're living today, folks. I, again, I told our people for years in that pulpit in Dover, all the time, told them, folks, when you walk out of here, you can't just go back to doing as you please, unless what you were doing was pleasing the Lord. Now, if you walk out of here today and you do what's pleasing to the Lord, you keep doing that. But if you walk out of here today and you already got your day planned out, and it ain't got nothing to do with what God would approve of, then you need to change that. We need to change that lifestyle. We need to get back on, blind, on, on track and get these blinders off our eyes and see clearly what God is asking us to do to grow in Him, to be spiritually mature and to escape the desires and sinful natures of this world. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Here's the second thing it said. When I read to you, and will live a life that leads others away from sin. That's the second caution, concern. If we if we settle for the struggles that we have, if we don't choose to go beyond our struggles, we just live with them. Because you know, we get into the counseling world here, and and uh, some of the things I had to deal with over the years with people. By the way, still and I still counsel. I had sessions this week. You, you, we you, we all, we we learned that that some people felt like. No matter what their struggles were, and no matter how much we helped them, no matter how much we showed them in Scripture, etc., 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 it was amazing to see that, that when they walked out, they chose to stay in the struggle because they felt like they thrived better in a struggle. They didn't think they deserved victory. They didn't think they could make it without... Struggling they, struggle has become such a normal thing for them that they couldn't imagine living life without a struggle. They, they, they didn't know how to handle it. It's like we spent eight hours one day, me and a businessman of, of a business in Dover went to our church. We spent eight hours one day with a lady, and she was being physically abused and beaten by her husband. She had three kids, so he said, Pastor, I need your help he brought me into his office at his business said this lady here has been beaten by her husband we need to get her out of the house so we spent eight hours that day getting her out of her home get her into a home in our church they had a pool It had a ho- apartment in the house in the basement all of that set up we even went into her home to get her stuff out and uh, got her in the home set up it was a few weeks later guess where she went right back to the abuse it happens so much in this world you can't imagine how many times it happens and and because people they just think they, they do better but here if we struggle and settle for our struggles and just I'm happy as I am pastor it will keep us from helping others if we're always wrapped up in our own struggle if i'm battling my own struggles and i stay there it's going to keep me from helping others and uh, and we won't be Concentrating on others out there, we won't be concentrating on those who need the Lord, who need help. We we won't be thinking that, way. ladies and gentlemen. When we walk our day, we've got to intentionally say, intentionally. We have to intentionally look for the needs. We have to we have to look for the opportunities. They're all around us, and we have to follow that prompting of the Holy Spirit, that leading of the Holy Spirit. I was I was driving my car one day, going home. And I, I think I was picking up some soup for my mother. She, there was a certain soup she liked. Before she passed away, I would bring her a lot of meals. And, and I was coming through town, and I saw this very poor young couple pull, she had a stroller down the street. And I went by them, and the Lord spoke to me. So I drove her around the neighborhood. And, and I, would you believe that, it was a very busy street, one spot of a car was open. It was, you know, God just, he is, I don't want to offend anybody here, but God is really cool. He is really a cool God. I can't begin to tell you the umpteen stories of how things worked out perfectly and God's timing of things. If you could have seen the street, there was no cars places available. I went on the corner there's one right there where they're standing. Got out of the car, talked to them, helped them out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know why I think God uses us in that way? Because we're intentionally looking for opportunities. And, and that's what I'm saying. If we're just going along, da-da-da-da-da, as opposed to working on all these things so that we can lead others away from their sin, then I'm going to have to make sure that I'm trusting God for my struggles, that I, I can overcome, that I can get through them. And I have to also see how God can use me in my struggles. Uh, uh, the technician who worked on my uh, Dallas this week, she, she's newer to the shop, she's new to me, and i I'm hoping she learns how to poke those needles in because, man, I was, she really, ooh, she knew I was in pain. Hey, buddy, when you can look down the needle, they'll stick it in your arm. That's a big needle, let me tell you. And two of them go in your arm, right? And so, but I get to talking to her, and, and, and why, she's opening up. She starts talking and sharing things. And she said to me the next time, I had her yesterday morning, I had her, and she said to me, she turned around and said, I'm just going to trust Jesus. Lord, you're so cool. They're just one by one, they're opening up to me. One by one. And it's not me they're opening up to, it's me sharing Jesus with them. And they're starting, in fact, two of them are supposed to be coming to our church right now. I don't know if they are because there's two different services we have. And uh, but it's just so cool because if you come work on me, you're in trouble. You're going to hear about Jesus some way, somehow it's going to get out of me. Because that's why God has me there. I know God can help me. I know God has a plan. And I said, Lord, I'll stay in that dialysis as long as it takes for me to get my mission done there. Because you have a purpose in me being there. And everyone said, amen. So, our struggle sometimes is, can be used by God. Look for ways to let God use you. So, I want us to observe this on our charts. If you will pull out this chart, and if you don't have this chart, raise your hand, and uh, Chris and Randy will be ready to help you. If you don't have this one, we give those out in several weeks. Okay, we see two or three hands going up here. Uh, Just hold your hand up. In fact, you might need all those charts then, Chris, to be honest with you. Randy, if you need to, or John, if you need to help him, you can do that. All right. We uh, raise your hand again. Here's, here's Chris, he's, he's, he'll help you. Okay, you're gonna need you're gonna need all you're gonna need several of them today. There's four of them you're gonna need the ones we gave out today, and the three we gave out before. I know what you can do on a Sunday night Bible study. So, whoever's doing Sunday nights here. I got, a, I got a lesson you can work them with, and that's this sheet here, bringing everything under, every part under. I encourage you to study this sheet together. Read the scripture and talk about the scripture among yourselves. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment, all right? So here we go. What, 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 we were low. We were low on some things. They're working on it? Oh, working on it? Okay, ladies, I hope you can hold, keep your arms comfortable like that. All I'm going to assume is you're praising the Lord while I'm preaching. All right, here we go. Now, if you... If you I, I left a whole bunch for you guys. You don't have any more left? Okay, I'm sorry, Randy. Uh, sorry, Paul. I'm so sorry, brother. I thought we left you some extras. Okay. Okay, well, let's move along. Do, 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 you, do you see the, the top circle? All right, this is your unconverted state. Do you remember I wanted you to go home and I wanted you to take a look at the difference between the two? Can somebody tell me a couple differences you might see between these two? What's the unconverted state versus the converted state? Can anybody give me? An observation, one or two observations? Okay, the top one is the old nature. We call that the old man. That would be our unconverted state. Whereas down below, you have the new man, the new nature, which is Christ in you. So right now, here's some really good news. Christ lives in your spirit. He is in you. He's not in our mind only. He's not in our thought. He's not just around us. He's not just everywhere. When it says that Christ came into it, he literally is in us. It's just a phenomenal miracle. It's a phenomenal thought that he's in us. What do you notice about the arrows on the top versus the arrows in the bottom chart? All the arrows are going into the inner man. That means sin enters through the what? The body, soul, and the spirit to first the body, right? The eyes, the taste, the touch, the ears, the smell. Uh, raise your hand if you needed that chart again, Paul. Is, uh, thanks, Paul, you're the man. All right. So all the arrows are going inward because there's no restraint. When I didn't know the Lord, of course, I got saved at the age of five, so I, I don't know what a... what what. I would call a heavy-duty life of sin. I'd never drugged, drank, smoked, didn't get into anything like that. So I was, God had his hand on me as a child. I rededicated many times, don't get me wrong. I wasn't a perfect kid, but i certainly rededicated. dedicated. But I didn't experience the lifestyle of some people. And, and, and by the way, I, I want to encourage you today. Some of you folks were raised at a very young age in the Lord. And I've met people who felt like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I was from a young person. I didn't get into the world. And, and I hear these testimonies and the hell's angels and, uh, and all this and that. And I think, man, I didn't get saved from that. I said, wait a minute. Let me tell you something. If you've been sustained by God from all that, your testimony is as great as theirs is any day of the week. Thank God that they've been spared. But thank God you didn't get into that. So you've got just as a great of a testimony of God's faithfulness. So rejoice. Don't, don't compare. Don't compare your story with, with people. I remember one time hearing a hell's angel person say, I was the worst sinner. You know, he's gone on TV in a talk show. And I thought to myself, no, Paul said in the Bible, I'm the chiefest of all sinners. I'm the chiefest of all sinners. Don't try to take it away from him, hell's angel. I'm glad you're saved, but Paul said, he himself said, I am the chiefs of all sinners. <laughs> now, what happens down in the second experience is that when we accept Christ, all the arrows are coming in from the outside, but we have a new direction of the arrows on the inside, don't we? They're going outward. You see from Christ, they're going outward. And you know where the battle happens? The battle happens... In the second circle. As the arrows come into the second circle and the arrows come out of the center circle, they meet along that way. So that what comes via the five senses of the body, where sin has its entrance into our body, into our lives, the battle is between those two. The spirit against the flesh. So they're going to battle with each other. But now we keep the arrows going through, and I'm going to tell you why we keep the arrows going through hopefully out through the body, because the arrows, you see on the inside where the arrows stop, too, on the inside of that circle, and the body, so the, the battle takes place there, all right? And understanding that, what we have here is this chart here, bringing every part under, the body, soul, the spirit, and mind. I have scriptures that can be studied to help you understand what's going on, because in the soul of the body, that's where the intellect, the will, and the emotions are, is where the self, sin, and temptations take place. The temptation doesn't take place in the spirit. The temptation takes place in the intellect, will, and, sin, and, and emotions of our life, the soul part, and the body is the entrance into that. Has everything made sense so far? Okay, so take sure, make sure you study those scriptures to back up the protection you have now. Today, I handed you uh, another chart. Uh, I guess we gave that oh, last hand was the process to sanctification. The process to sanctification. So let me define what sanctification is. All right. Sanctification was given. We got the definition of it today in the message from the Lord. Did you know that? Did you pay attention to the message? The Lord gave us the definition of sanctification. He said in the message today that you be set apart. The word sanctification means to be set apart. He was defining sanctification to us in the message today. It was so beautiful. I'm I'm up here going, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. This is right on target for today. And um, so you, you see this guy, you see the guy on the top of the mountain on the left? All right, you know what he—you know why his hands are raised? Because he's standing in victory. You know why? Because he's overcoming sin, and he's growing. But oh my goodness, he had a little setback. So what is he doing at the bottom of the mountain? What is he doing? Hopefully, he, he's on his knees repenting. At least that's what I drew for you to see. That looked like he's praying. Does it? He's on his knee. Yeah, he's on his He's bending over, man. He's praying because he knew he did something wrong. So 1 John 1, 1.9 says, if we confess our, let's say it together. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he confesses his sin and he's back up in the mountain. He's rejoicing. He's doing good. He's on his way. He's doing good. He's had a, 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 good, a good breakthrough. And praise the Lord. Oh, my goodness, he had another setback. He did good for a while. Look at that. He did good for a while, but he had another setback. Back down he goes. Lord. There was a song that was written years ago. Your little child is not affecting me at all, buddy. Uh, But uh, uh, remember that song that came out years ago? It was entitled, It's Me Again, Lord. And it was a song about... All about, it's me again, Lord, coming to you. And it was around the, about the same kind of thing. It's me again, Lord. And have you ever done that? I, I did that over the years. I'd get up and something would go on. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, it's me again. And, and just, boy, to thank God for his patience. Wow. So guess what? Well, you get the victory back on the mountain. Isn't that cool? Oh, uh, guess what? Three months later, another setback. and Oh, Lord Jesus, am I ever going to get over this stuff? Well, here's what happens. Sanctification means to be set apart, set apart for holy, righteous living. In other words, it's for God's special use and purpose for our lives. Sanctification is for God's special use, use and purpose for our lives not just to be set apart, not just to be declared holy, not just to be sanctified, but for the purpose of being used for him. Going back to Peter, right? Going back to Peter that we be righteous in our living, doing something. So it's more than just being, it's doing, to be set apart for holy. And I want to give you some scripture to support that in the book of John, in uh, John chapter 17. You may not have this one written down, so you go ahead and write that down. John 17, verses 17 through 19. John 17, 17 through 19. I want you to see this, read this to you, so you'll see how it's worded in Scripture, what I'm telling you, and as he said it earlier today. Thank you, my brother. So here we go. John 17, uh, 17 through 19. Sanctify them by the truth. Set them apart for righteous purposes by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me to the world, I have sent them into the world. Now, do you think Jesus, notice it. I'm going to get technical. That's what we do as teachers, right, brother? He didn't say, I sent you in this world. He said, I have sent you into this world there's a difference setting is just being sending is doing he is sending us out folks into this world for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified or truly set apart he doesn't just set us in heavenly places where our lives are hid with Christ and God. But he has sent us. And he goes back to Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go and make disciples of all nations. You see the difference. So we're going to close today with one more chart. And the one that you got this morning. And see the process of sanctification. I want you to, from what I said, I want you to see how these arrows work so on the left you have the old old nature so uh, you have probably heard this phrase what's sin to a sinner when you walk up to a sinner and say they're sinful they don't understand that because what's sin to a sinner they, 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 they're sinners they don't what's sin to a sinner it's christians who know what sin is the world doesn't know what sin is. and maybe some of them do because they've heard that there's sin, and they could care less that they sin. Maybe they do know, but, the, but it's hard to convince somebody when they don't even understand what sin is. So the left, once again, is the old nature, the old man in charge. But on the right side, we have the new nature. Now, do you see that first arrow coming out of the spirit area? you see how short-lived it was? Look at me. That short-lived is that there. So what do you do? Do you get discouraged and close up inside, shut down and continue to let the body, soul, or the body and the soul just keep pouring into your spirit against Christ, and the, the battle keeps raging. Is that what you want? to keep raging and having the battle with it? No. So what we do is we, we go before the Lord, and that's that second arrow coming out. You got a little further, didn't you? Until, by the way, did you know that eventually there was something else about this chart? I need you to notice. Did you notice that every time they repented, they were climbing higher and getting closer to the cross, closer to what Christ did for us on the cross? That's the beauty of this chart. It didn't stay down here. This says we grew. This says we're staying the same. This says we grew because we're going upward because we know what to do. Every time we fail, we fall on our face before God and we ask God to forgive us until we conquer this thing. Whatever it is, we conquer it. And you see, that's what happened here. We finally had a breakthrough. We got victory over that. And, and, and you, guess what? Now God can tap us on the shoulder and said, you know what, you've done really good with that, Pastor. You have conquered that. You're no longer honking the daylights out of somebody on the road. you got, you, got, you got that aggravation under control in your spirit. Good for you, Pastor, or whatever else it might be. So, I I tell you what, I'm glad you conquered that. Now, we're going to start all over, and we're going to start all over again with something new that I need to deal with you on. Or if something comes up, he'll start all over again. What am I saying? I'm saying this is, even though you might get discouraged, this is growth. Because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We are human, we're going to make mistakes. But I got good news. We can still conquer and grow by coming under with God's word of what's in our body, soul, mind, and spirit, and heart. You need to study the sheet. I, I suggest you do it on a Sunday night as you come together or Wednesday night. Pull this thing out and go through the scriptures. Talk about them. Talk about it among yourselves. Talk about it out loud. Let, let's, get this, let's get this word activated in our spirit. And, and I'm talking to the choir. I know you're a good church. I know you're hard-working church, and etc. cetera. So uh, let me just close with uh, some takeaways. Here we go. Do what God says. How many times are you going to hear that? I like it when Paul said, he talked about hearing the same thing over again. Nothing wrong with that. Paul talked about that. So do what it says. Fall on God in times of trouble instead of falling apart. Remember we talked about that a few weeks ago? When we get in trouble, do we fall upon God or do we fall apart? Well, if we're walking with the Lord, we're going to learn to fall on God. We don't have to fall apart all the time. We can fall on God and get us through it. Number three, participate in the divine nature of Christ and we'll walk in victory. Participate in the divine nature of Christ. Now, I may have told you this illustration, but I'm going to tell you again, because there's different people here today I know from when I shared it. And uh, so I'm going to share it again in closing. Did we talk about the old landlord? I don't know. If, maybe we didn't. I know that before you found the Lord, I, I got saved say at the age of five, I think it was, four or five. <laughs> and uh, so I wouldn't have known this kind of teaching back in those days. But, so the old lady, the old landlord is in control of your life on the inner part of me, in the spirit, in the Zoe, the spirit. And when Christ came, he booted him out. When I let Christ, in, he booted the old landlord out. So I want you to think about the chart now we just showed you. So I'm going along with my business, and I get a knock on my heart's door, And I go to the door, I open up my heart, and it's Satan. And Satan says to me, you know something? I know that you have not been, and I have been talking lately, but you owe me some stuff. You owe me. Of course, what he's doing is, he's trying to tempt us. He's trying to woo us back into his influence. And that's what scripture says he will do try to do. And uh, you say to him, because I think I told you before, I'm not one who talks to the devil. That's God's business. I talk to God. I let him talk to Satan. And I say, I tell you what, I'm going to go get my new landlord. He's going to take care of this. I'll see you later. No, no, don't say that. But you have a good day, whatever, whatever you want to say to him. It's, it's like Satan one time. There's a cartoon that had Satan sitting on the curb. And, and God walked up to Satan, and he was all pouting and sitting on the curb with his head in his hands. And God says to Satan, what, why are you so down in the dumps today? He, says, he looked up to God and said, oh, everybody keeps blaming everything on me. <laughs> 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 and uh, it's amazing. The world blames everything on, you know, essentially how the Christian blames everything on the devil? And the world blames everything on God. If we could just get them things worked out, we could have a revival, couldn't we? But anyways, and so you send the Lord to fight. So you're going to meet the new landlord. The new landlord goes to the door, and he takes care of the old landlord. You have to deal with them, Folks, that's what our sister was saying in class today. We don't have to deal with the old landlord. We don't have to deal with the old man. We have the new man in us. We have to live this. And everyone said, amen. amen. Let's pray. Thank you for letting me speak just a little bit longer today. Thank you. Huh? Pray for me. Yes. God will add to my life. Yes. So that I can be used of God. Amen. Will do. I'll pray that for our whole, all of us. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Father in heaven today, you have orchestrated a beautiful service for us. The words that you gave earlier, the music that was sung the attitude and love and the spirit that's in this church lord being manifested today by your power your spirit being manifested their hearts opening up to you in praise and worship and prayer we thank you for that lord and we do believe that you're coming soon we know lord that you know that the god knows the day and the hour and the time we don't but you do and so we're just anticipating and working harder to get there and our brothers ask and we just pray for all of us now that as we leave here, that we will add to our lives these things, and Peter, he talked about, that we will learn to add these virtues. You call them virtues and qualities in ever-increasing measure so that they will keep us from falling and being unproductive in this world. So, Lord, take any blindness off our eyes. Renew us, reinvigorate us, relive yourself in us so that, Lord Jesus, we can keep others and pull them away from their sin, and that we can help others, Lord, to come to know you, to experience you, because we have allowed you to take care of our lives and struggles so that we can help somebody else in their lives and their struggles. So we commit ourselves to you and say, Lord, thank you for the opportunities, and let us walk out of here being intentional, intentional with Lord, our efforts, as we talked about in Peter, our efforts, that we be intentional about looking for opportunities to let our light shine to bring people to you before it's too late. Thank you, Father. Watch everybody, keep them safe, touch them body, soul, and spirit in every way. And we give you glory, praise, and honor. And everyone prayed in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. And we'd always tell our people in church on Sundays, go out, make a difference. So today, go out, make a difference. We love you. God bless you.